Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This is episode number 21, and I'm your host, Andrew Kopian. On today's episode, I'm excited to share with you an interview I did with Rona McGlasson, and she's the Executive Director for Bone & Joint Canada. We chat about her work implementing an innovative uh, education and exercise program that helps uh, patients manage their uh, osteoarthritis symptoms. I think it's some exciting stuff that she's uh, doing, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Today we're talking about OA management in Canada, and uh, for today's session, I'm excited to uh, have with me on the show uh, Rona McGlasson, and she's the Executive Director of Bone & Joint Canada, and she received her physiotherapy degree from the University of Greenwich, London, and her MBA from the Edinburgh uh, Business School. So, Rona, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I know we actually met at uh, Congress uh, this past spring. I think we bumped into each other while grabbing some lunch uh, in between sessions and uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show today and chat with uh, you a little bit more about your work uh, that you're doing uh, with Bone & Joint Canada but also uh, with a program that you've been rolling out, out called uh, GLAD. And so before we sort of dive into some of that, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your career journey and uh, you know how you got to where you are and what you're doing with Bone & Joint Canada. Um, so I am originally from Britain. I have my degree as a physiotherapist from Britain um, and I worked in clinical roles for many years, uh, both in the public and the private sector. Uh, I had a, a lot of interest in quality, quality improvement initiatives um, and at a point in my career I, I chose to take on a a project management role uh, which was working with orthopedic surgeons to improve access to care for hip and knee replacement surgery Um, and at that point uh, I have just continued with the project management role I've seen been had the honor of working with surgeons actually across the country uh, to look both at hip fracture care and hip and knee replacement Um, so that, that's where the, the journey started in, in, into osteoarthritis uh, and now, as you mentioned, the GLAD program, uh, we're really interested in actually preventing the joint replacement surgery. So what is it that we can do from a secondary uh, prevention perspective? Wow. So, um, so you're, how long have you been with Bone and Joint Canada then? So Bone & Joint Canada is a part of an initiative, a global initiative called the Global Alliance of Musculoskeletal Health. Um, and that uh, alliance has been around since the beginning of uh, 2000. Um, in Canada, we became a lot more active in our work uh, in 2006. Um, and so I've been involved since 2006. Wow. And what kind of programs are you guys uh, running through uh, Bone & Joint Canada? Like, what's, what's your primary focus right now? So the primary focus is knowledge translation Um, and so in Canada we have even though we we think we have one healthcare system it's run by our 10 provinces and three territories and so we really struggle as a country with moving good initiatives between the provinces Um, and so Bone and Joint Canada for musculoskeletal health has looked for evidence-based practices uh, out of individual provinces um, and then work to make them available uh, in the other provinces so that we have a much more standardized approach to musculoskeletal care. And how has uh, progress been, you know, since uh, over the last 10 years with that? Do you feel like you've been making some good headway or has it been quite challenging? Oh, it's, it's always challenging, but um, it, we've made phenomenal headway. The, the, we're working with hip and knee replacements and we were able to significantly increase the access 
to uh, patient care, um, and we've seen up to 25% increase in, in, in patients' access and a reduction in wait times. With hip fracture, we actually saw over a period of three years um, uh, an increase in access to the operating rooms there by changing uh, our flow of patients through our healthcare system. Um, and the commitment of people working within surgery and, and within rehabilitation for musculoskeletal care is, is just um, phenomenal. So we've seen huge improvements in our service over the last few years. That's great. Yeah, because I, I can imagine that um, the demand for joint replacements may potentially outstrip uh, resources for uh, joint replacements, given just even the you know the aging uh, baby bo uh, boomer population. And I was just wondering if you can comment on you know what where are the trends with that, and uh, you know what are some of those impacts that you're seeing uh, from your vantage point. Absolutely. Um, the, the provinces um, all have different programs to try and manage those wait times, um, but they're all starting to see an increase um, or in, in the wait times for people to wait for both hip and knee. And our wait lists are growing. Um, and so we need to think about a way of, of uh, managing these people in, in another way and and earlier in their disease continuum for their osteoarthritis and um, because we as a country that the, we don't have the capacity to manage all of these people within with hip and knee replacements yeah which i guess segues in nicely with you know uh the work you were mentioning you were doing around uh, the glad program and i know i got a little bit of exposure to that uh, through some of the presentations at congress this past spring but I was wondering if you could just fill people in in terms of what that program is and you know what it's aiming to do and uh, yeah what what your involvement with it is. So the Glad program uh, was is an education in neuromuscular edu um, exercise program that was developed by Eva Roos and Soren Skoo in Denmark. And um, it is two education sessions and twelve exercise sessions over a period of six to eight weeks. And um, the Patients that undergo baseline testing as well as at three months and one year after participation in the program, and the results are extremely positive. Um, so we have results that there's a 27% reduction in pain and up to a 45% reduction in the take, taking of medi pain medications, over a 30% increase in physical activity levels, and that's sustained at one year. Um, and so the, the, in Denmark, there's over 900 physiotherapists now trained, and only over 21,000 people have actually received treatment through the program. And those results have been sustained through that 21,000 people. So the program we felt was the best evidence-based program in the world. Um, and we worked with the researchers in Denmark to actually license it to Canada. So um, in starting in 2015, uh, we did a pilot project to see if it was an appropriate program for Canada out of the Holland Orthopedic and Arthritic Center um, in Toronto, uh, where we put 58 people through the program. And we got results and uh, that just really demonstrated that this was a program that could benefit Canadians. So since that time we have worked across the country with a lot of partners, a lot of different groups and um, to start the certifying therapists to actually provide the program in Canada. So you've been doing some training sessions then in different cities in Canada then already or is that uh, sort of currently underway or? 
Yep, so um, we received funding to implement in Ontario and we've done a number of sessions in Ontario. Um, we have also launched in Alberta um, and that was last year and we're hosting a second session in Alberta this year um, as well as British Columbia this year. We have an Atlantic Provinces session coming up um, as well as a session in Newfoundland and Manitoba. Uh, so by the end of the year we will have covered the whole country with, with different sessions in, in different uh, cities. And so uh, what um, kind of training actually is required then to administer uh, this GLAD program as a PT? So as a physio, um, it's a one and a half day training program. The first day uh, is a lot of didactic uh, information updates on the research. Over the last five years, five to ten years, there's been significant increases in the research knowledge um, about the degenerative process for osteoarthritis, specifically around the requirements for loading and unloading of the joints, uh, the healthy joints, uh, and the patterns of muscle degeneration that are associated with the changes for osteoarthritis. Um, and so this program upgrades people's knowledge or brings it up to date. Um, and then on the second day, there's a lot of hands-on um, education around the um, exercise component of the program. Wow. So that, and then, and then once you've done that training, then you are certified to then provide this program in the community. Is that that's my understanding? Is that right? Yes, the only other component is there is this outcome components. We are tracking outcomes in Canada the same way as they do in Denmark. Um, so baseline three months and one year. Um, and we take care of that nationally. The clinics don't have to do that themselves. Um, but there is a requirement uh, for people to be informed of the opportunity to track outcomes. And so that's the other component that uh, will, the participants will, will be asked to do through the, to, to actually implement the program. Interesting. So you're mentioning that first day sort of, you know, being an upgrade in terms of the evidence around uh, OA research and all that. I mean, is there something that you can share that's just sort of an example of what, uh, you know, what, what, what has changed or what maybe PTs that have gone through the program weren't aware of, you know, from an OA standpoint? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing uh, is that typically, historically, the um, diagnosis of osteoarthritis has been associated with x-ray changes. Um, but now it's understood that those x-ray changes can happen 10 to 15 years after the start of the disease. Um, and so historically, physios have waited uh, until they get a diagnosis from the physician for osteoarthritis. Um, and that's 10 years too late. Um, these, these are patients that we're actually seeing in our clinics that may have come for some other potential diagnosis um, and they actually have osteoarthritis um, and the physician doesn't have the skills to recognize that necessarily um, because they, they are so dependent often on their diagnostic imaging. Um, and so that as physiotherapists, we actually have a significant role um, in identifying osteoarthritis earlier and putting an appropriate management system, education and management system in place for them. So we, we potentially are missing, uh, you know, a key window of opportunity here uh, in getting these patients on a, on a better program rather than just waiting for this disease progression to take place. Yes. An example is that um, about 10% of patients with osteoarthritis go on to surgical consultation. Only about 5 to 7% actually go on to surgery. And there's a lot of talk of what do we do with our, our hip and knee replacement patients. 
Well, that, that's only 5% of the population. So we should be targeting the other 95%. And, and I think that as a, as a system, we need to, to develop um, our clinical skills um, in being able to identify these people uh, and actually manage them much more proactively. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, uh, we really are well positioned to take on that role. But if we're if we're dropping the ball in terms of not necessarily recognizing that that thing that uh, is really a, a is a missed opportunity as a profession, right? Yeah, and the other thing that we have to think about where the patients are coming from. Patients very early, fluctuating swelling, pain in their knee. They don't want to be called osteoarthritis, um, even though that is the, the standard development uh, pattern for osteoarthritis. Um, and these people don't want to go into a, a physio clinic to be treated. And so um, as a profession, we also need to think about a different way of talking to people, of managing these individuals. And we need to make sure that we focus on physical activity because that's what is going to be important to them long term. So we need to make sure that they are walking or doing their 150 minutes of physical activity uh, a year, sorry, a year, uh, a week. Um, and that <laughs> a year. A year. Yeah, I think we could all manage that. Um, and that they're, they are linked up with some kind of uh, physical activity at the, at once they finished their physiotherapy treatment. And that's just a little bit of approach. From this program, we now have physios and, and other health professionals who are now talking to their um, to their local gyms or to their recreation centers to, to really start building that bridge so that once the patient has finished their treatment, they can go on to their uh, to receive that that ongoing physical act intervention. Well, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, I even, you know, I know in my practice too, like, you know, when you when you get a patient that is in that, you know, moderate to severe away uh, state, I mean, it, it, it does become that much more challenging to actually help them, uh, you know, from an activity standpoint and, and you know, a function standpoint. And I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's so much easier to work with someone when you're dealing with that really early stage or preventative stage. Uh, I mean, you just, yeah, the benefits are so much bigger. So yeah, it's great that there's more of a focus on that. Um, you know, because that's something that we, I think we can definitely help patients with. <laughs> yeah, the, the research does now show that um, prior to um, having diabetes or cardiac disease, the precursor is often hip or knee pain. So uh, it's an important component to, to think about because we can prevent mortality um, by, by making sure that people understand and can perform their, their daily physical activities. So tell me a little bit more about uh, the GLAD program. I understand that there's a group component to it as well. And, and I'm wondering what the, you know, the rationale was for that and, and what you've seen in terms of the benefit of that. Yeah, so the program is designed as a in uh, as the an education and exercise. The exercise component is uh, one hour twice a week. There are four stations, and one station focuses on range and of muscle strength. One focuses on core, and one is very positional, and and then the other one is function. Um, and the function targets the activities that we know put stresses through the knees. And, and the, the big two activities are actually sitting to standing, so any kind of sort of squatting activity, um, and stairs. So going up and down stairs, again, that kind of knee bend um, control uh, the mechanisms. Um, and so the 
participants twice a week go through these. They get an individual program to address their specific deficits that you identify in your clinical assessments. Um, and But it is done as a group session uh, and it's done so that it can facilitate interaction between individuals to keep them motivated and, and moving forward. Um, but the other thing is for cost. We know that individuals cannot afford physiotherapy costs uh, it's at, at 80 to to $100 as a, uh, per treatment. Um, and so by providing it in this group session of six to eight people, uh, you can actually reduce the cost to about $25 to $30 is what we're seeing across the country, which makes it a lot more affordable for the, the average Canadian. It's equivalent to a yoga session or a naturopath session. So it's something we know is in the realm or the scope of what people are willing to pay. And then uh, are the knee and hip OA patients all in the same group or are they separated into uh, separate groups then? Nope, they're in the same groups. The focus is, is functional activity. Um, and so at the end of the program, they're not being sent home with this is your quads program and this is your hamstring program. Um, everything through the whole 12 sessions is really focusing on this is the learning of the neuromuscular facilitated movement patterns when you stand up, when you sit down, uh, when you maybe go for a run. Maybe we're going to change some of that patterning for you if you happen to be more of that elite level. Um, so when you leave, the whole focus is not a, a list of exercises to take away with you, but every time you go up and down the stairs, this is the way you need to do it. Um, and people really appreciate that. And that's in Denmark why they've seen the sustainability of the outcomes over one year um, is because people continue to, to use those muscle patterns. And so would you say that the program has it cut off? Like it's because, you know, we were talking a little bit more you know, earlier about how it's meant as more of getting that early stage OA patient uh, treated, uh, you know, before it progresses. But is there a say, well, you know, there's this line, you know, if you have this level of OA this program isn't for you? Or would you say that it's open to everybody and it's just adjusted in the actual group session? It's absolutely open to anyone where osteoarthritis of the hip and knee is their primary complaint. Um, the evidence has shown that even people with severe OA uh, benefit significantly. And we have already in Canada had people going through the program who have been on the wait list for surgery who've chosen not to proceed with the surgery. Um, and so there really is the potential with this program to offset um, that surgical curve um, by just giving people the skills to manage their their day-to-day uh, -day activity. Yeah, that's exciting because that's, uh, that's, that's huge if you can actually change that uh, surgery uh, curve. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, for us as a profession and the, the, our ministries and our departments of health are very concerned about the surgical budget. There's a lot of money, millions of dollars go into those surgical budgets. So if we can show that we can bend that curve, uh, it really gives a lot of leverage for uh, how we as physiotherapists can position ourselves going forward, working directly with the family physicians and the surgeons. Well, that's great. Um, and so um, what are the next steps for the GLAD program? I know you're doing some uh, training sessions you mentioned earlier. Um, is there anything else that's being done uh, to drive awareness within the general public uh, that this is available? Or is this really meant to be uh, led and uh, sort of initiated at the, you know, physiotherapist level? 
So uh, absolutely, we would like to um, do more of a public awareness. Um, our issue is that we you, we can't do public awareness if the program isn't available. So um, we can't go to the people in Manitoba to say there's this great program if you can't actually get the program. So we're we're just a little bit in the you know the between a rock and a hard place on that one. Um, we need to get the programs up and functioning, which is our focus for this year. Um, and then, But where they are functioning, we then need to target um, in communication about the program and to all of the different healthcare providers who may refer into the program, um, but then also to the general public to increase their awareness about the availability of something that can help them manage their symptoms. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess this is a, a multi-year process, I'm sure, to uh, get this all going and uh, really get that uh, momentum uh, shifting towards this preventive uh, care. Because yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> well, we need the one-year outcomes um, because we need to be able to go to our our governments um, at all levels, federal and provincial, to say, look, th this has made a difference. Um, and uh, so we won't. Our our outcomes are one year, so we can't do anything with that until till the one year has passed. So yes, we certainly are limited there. So what what would you uh, you know if if we were talking uh, you know if uh, New, a new grad, early career physiotherapist, well, actually, I mean, even a seasoned clinician, like, what would be your, uh, you know, key message for them, you know, in, in this whole talk around uh, OA management and, and what we can do as physios? What, is there anything that you would like to leave people with? That we've been shown um, to be very important, um, and really it's up to us to take the leadership to actually um, implement this evidence-based program um, and to promote how important we are to the, the different levels of policymakers, and as well as to our other healthcare partners, such as physicians, nurse practitioners, surgeons. There's huge opportunities and, and sometimes I think as physiotherapists we narrow our scope and too much and, and uh, we have a lot of allies out there who are looking to do the best for patients um, and we need to be working directly with them. Surgeons don't like long wait lists so if we can help them manage that we need to talk to them in the context of what's important to them but they want the best for their patients and so how can we help them to achieve that? So what happens if you're a therapist that, uh, like, say, for example, in Alberta, that is not, uh, like, you've already done a training session, is there an online option, or is it only sort of wait, or wait till the next uh, go-around uh, comes through? What's, uh, what, 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 I guess I'm just thinking of, like, what's the next steps for folks? So people need to take the training session. Um, so once they have, we done we work closely with them to implement the program and to, to help them. There's some logistical things that they need to think through, and we will work closely with them to, to help them do that. Um, the training sessions uh, we're opening up um, across the country uh, now that we have uh, identified uh, an interest in all of the provinces. Um, and so people... Yeah, need to need to register for the training sessions. The information uh, is on the website gladcanada.ca. There's actually a document on there called Getting Started, which you can read, and it will tell you whether this is an appropriate program for you. There are some very simple resources you need within your clinic, like a gym space for six to eight people. 
So all of that's in there. So um, we just recommend people follow up with that, read it, and register for a session. doesn't matter what province you're in. Um, you can register for, to attend sessions uh, anywhere across the country. Um, and so we are hosting uh, a session in Alberta and in Manitoba and, and wherever across the country, please feel, just feel, feel, feel free to register for them. Well, that's exciting. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you taking the time today to share a little bit about the work you're doing because I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, prevention is, you know, they say is worth a pound of cure. And I think that in this case, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I just see the long-term uh, potential here of this and especially, you know, given the, you know, the excellent results in Denmark, I think, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this uh, translates in the Canadian landscape. So thanks for, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for this opportunity.